0: Check out the latest lines. From the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Play gambling? Problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Okay, here's what I want to do. I'm going to tell you what play for you in 15 minutes. What Lane Kiffin had to say about recruiting today as uh, part of National Signing Day. Uh, before we get that, the story of the day, without any questions, this is Brian Flores lawsuit. Okay. And so here's what I want to do. Uh, this is a very, very simple and I think, I think, thoughtful exercise, right? And this is my honest belief. Right? And so I, I don't want you to take a headline from something you read or a portion of a tweet or a portion of a comment and think otherwise. I do not believe that race plays a factor in 2022, in the decisions on who to hire and who to fire in the National Football League. I don't. I think there is a need for more diverse faces running franchises, in the background of running franchises, and as head coach. And I, I think there's a lot of things going on in the NFL which you haven't been made aware of, which will continue to kind of forward that, organically and a little bit inorganically, which will ultimately, I don't know if it'll completely even the playing field. I will point out that there's a a common use stat, which I think is remarkably unfair, which is 70% of the NFL is black. So does the coaching have to mirror that? We do realize that coaching as a profession Many of these men, and I've I've seen other. Big, well, the biggest problem is nepotism. I don't know. Kyle Shanahan grew up in the game and seems to have done quite well for himself. I don't know if Bill Belichick's son, who makes those weird faces, will be a a good head coach. But the defense, for a good portion of the year, was very very good. And oh yeah, by the way, you know, like, what? Like, I I'm not really understanding if. If we see in the NBA and the NFL guys whose dads were players and they become great players and they have a high football IQ, the Mannings are an example of it. There are others as well. Steph and Del Curry, et cetera, et cetera. Wouldn't that be the same with coaching? Right? If that's what you study and that's what you want to be from the day in which you're, you know, Brandon Staley, for example, was a guy who his parents his parents were teachers. And he likes to think of himself as a teacher. But he was a college quarterback who went into the profession of being a coach. But but here's, here's the simplest exercise I can do for you, okay? Simplest exercise I can do is just go through the jobs and you tell me, like, you're going if, to, if, if you want to say, the NFL is racist, oh, that's a very, that's a huge, Huge, huge accusation. Huge. But you're going to have to give me a little more substance than that. that That's just me. That's how I roll. It's like, you're going to have to give me a little more substance than that. And there are coaches that I don't love. I don't love the job they do. Maybe I didn't even love the hire at the time. But if you can, you have to have some sort of maybe proof of where racism would kind of exist. I, I don't know. That's that's what I'm kind of struggling with. Okay. So let's start out West. I, I can go through all 32 teams. Of course, there are some which their jobs are, are yet to be claimed. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs, who's the head coach? Andy Reid, why did he get the job? Well, he got after an incredible run in Philadelphia. I, I do think that the personal problems with his sons were an issue. I think it just got a little bit stale. Um, after Davin McNabb kind of aged out, he was searching for another quarterback. It didn't work, and he ends up getting let go. But I mean, do we all agree that in terms of candidates in Kansas City, like nobody's arguing with? Especially, I think it was Herm Edwards, the previous coach, and Herm, who's a magnificent fellow. Like I know, Herm's a friend. Hey, but Herm's teams just didn't come together the way that Andy's teams did. Todd Haley was there. Everybody hated Todd Haley. And everybody loves Andy Reid. Okay. So does anybody have any problem, not just in terms of the success, no one's going to argue the success now, but there, it was kind of unimpeachable when they hired Andy Reid. Like, oh, that'll work. Right? Now, the Raiders are interesting. Raiders were the first team in the NFL to hire a black head coach. Um, does that mean, well, yeah, like that's like the I have black friends thing? Like, No. But the Raiders are a unique deal in that they needed a GM, they needed a coach, and they basically had all in one in John Gruden, and they they chose Josh McDaniels, who some people thought you couldn't get, couldn't get out of New England because he's the next guy. The Chargers. Chargers hired Brandon Staley. That's after having Anthony Lynn as your head coach. And just because you have a black head coach doesn't mean your next head coach can't be black? Uh, but Brandon Staley was coming off a year in which he had the number one defense in football. They had an offensive coach in Anthony Lynn, who was the offensive coordinator of the Bills. Uh, and they they probably kept Anthony Lynn a year longer than they needed to because he's an incredible human being. He's a g- very good man. They weren't a crazy well-coached team. Now, Brandon Staley hasn't avoided criticism because he's the only coach with an elite-level quarterback who didn't get hurt, who didn't make the playoffs. But how did he get the job? Well, he got the job because he, um, among other things, he's one of these bright young minds who had, who had the number one defense in football. Uh, the Denver Broncos, who are curr- who just hired an offensive mind, right, and a, a son of a former coach, but he, they went after two defensive coaches. The last two coaches in Denver were defensive coaches. They went offense. And, oh, yeah, by the way, everybody knows they really want Aaron Rodgers. And so they hired Aaron Rodgers, uh, offensive coordinator, to be their coach. Seattle Seahawks. All right. The Seattle Seahawks hired the most successful college coach at the time, Pete Carroll, who had been an NFL head coach. San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, who was a very sought-after Federer saw after offensive coordinator had had success in Atlanta, took them to the Super Bowl after having success in Washington with the now, uh, what are they, the Commanders? The Commanders. The LA Rams. Sean McVay was hired. He was the youngest head coach in the National Football League. He was the boy wonder, the boy genius, right? Anybody have a problem with Sean McVay who's now been to a second Super Bowl? And, And we don't have to say that Sean McVay is the right guy because of the success. Remember, it's at the time when he got the job. Replacing Jeff Fisher, who was a really well-liked guy and a guy who had been to a Super Bowl, but a guy who was synonymous with average teams and had a very bland offense for a guy who seemed to have all the answers and has proven to be as such. The Arizona Cardinals. You can point out that Cliff Kingsbury wasn't a success in college was relieved of his dues was fired and then hired as offensive coordinator for USC before ever coaching it down there and getting the Arizona job. But what they had Steve Wilkes for a year. It was a disaster in order to, for Steve Kime to try and keep his job. He needed a a coach and they needed a quarterback because Josh Rosen wasn't going to work and they've gotten better every year. Have they topped out? Maybe. Is it a great long-term play? I don't know, but, You can't argue with the fact that in year three, they're in the playoffs, right? It was like five wins to eight wins to ten wins. Like, that's improvement. Pittsburgh, come on. Baltimore, that was a curious hire at the time. You hired a special teams coordinator, right, and John Harbaugh. Cincinnati, there were lots of people. People forget that Zach Taylor was very much on the hot seat when the year began. Not on the hot seat now. Cleveland had Hugh Jackson. He lasted two and a half years. They won one game in those two years. By the way, Cleveland has, like, I could go through these lists, and I just have have trouble going like, oh, he got the job because they're racist. Again, no one's arguing that the numbers um, aren't what they need to be. But it has to marry with the GM's vision, the owner's vision, and what the team needs. That's the mistake the Giants made. If the Giants just said, like, heck, look, Brian Flores is qualified. But for what we need, we need somebody who's great with the quarterback. That's stable. We need an offensive guy. That's stable. And oh, yeah, by the way, we need somebody who we believe can work with our new general manager. That's stable. So I, I just, I struggle with this one. And maybe it's that I've talked to these GMs and they have said to me, like, yeah, there have been times in the past where there's other, they've heard stories of sham interviews. But all of these GMs that I know of believe you got to nail the head coaching pick. You got to get somebody who's going to work. Because if you don't, not only are they going to get fired, but you're going to get fired. Make sense? All right, here's uh, today's National Signing Day. Here's what Lane Kiffin had to say about National Signing Day in this era.
1: We don't have the same funding resources as some of these schools do for these NIL deals. And so it's basically dealing with different salary caps. We now have a sport that has completely different salary caps. And some of these schools are, you know, whatever, five, ten times more than everybody else of what they can pay the players. So I know nobody uses those phrases, but that is what it is. In free agency in the NFL, players usually go to the most money. Every once in a while they they don't because they already have a bunch of money. Well these kids are 17, 18 years old. They're gonna go to where they're paid the most. I'm not complaining. It just is what it is. It's a whenever there's things created, there's a lot of times problems people didn't think about, you know? And so you just
2: legalize paying players what people used to cheat.
0: Bingo. Bingo. Right? Bingo. And, and and so Pandora's box is opened. I doubt it can be closed. The uh, unintended consequences of it have yet to fully be discovered, right? Because there, there will be a push to tax, not just taxing the NIL stuff, but eventually tax the scholarships and make them employees. And while that sounds like a great thing, <laughs> there's a total downside to it. Employees can be terminated. Employees can be held to even higher standards. Employees' benefits are all taxed, as well as donations can be taxed, which they're currently not. Um, And, oh, yeah, by the way, if you're an employee, what are you fighting for? More money, less hours of work, right? You can only do 20 hours now. So I'm, I'm with Lane Kiffin. We have legalized cheating. It's no longer cheating, even though everybody calls it cheating because it's not. Right the the NCA has completely washed their hands of it. Hey, you guys want to pay players? Go for it. We're not going to legislate. It's become the wild wild west, and I do believe you're going to see a ton of the downside to it. And I don't think that's again. This is we talk about spirit of it, which is what Brian Flores I think is really attacking. I think most of us believe that the Rooney rule in on paper and in theory is great. He's like, look, they're violating the spirit of this. I understand. Completely. I, I don't necessarily, I don't believe there's a racial bias towards it. I think it's more business and that some people come with their own GM and it's that pre-existing relationship. And maybe you can say that part of that is... Because of how many years he didn't have enough faces of color in front offices, there's a, a racial aspect to it. That's a longer and deeper discussion. Um, but I think I think, um, I think that's, uh, that to me is part and parcel to what Lane Kiffin is saying, where the spirit of it may have been good. Hey, to make sure that kids get compensated for their success. But we've taken it to a level to which, you know, you got dudes showing up in crazy, crazy Mercedes and Porsches before they ever played a, a snap or a game. And the second something doesn't go their way because we've also eliminated any sort of punishment if you transfer with the transfer portal. We, we've, we've gone from one end of the spectrum to the complete other. And there's so many unintended consequences that we're just learning about today. Anyway, uh, I got a lot to get to here. It's Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio
1: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. I was thinking about this. There's a difference between being a child and being an adult. Okay? And uh, I I used to think there was just one thing that was whether or not you take a nap. Right? No adult ever would say, like, hey, you want to take a nap? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I haven't nap since. Right? Whereas kids, I don't want to take a nap. I don't want to. Right? So the, the difference between a child and a dad. Here's the other one. Adults don't fight you on showers. Hmm. Right? I mean, you hop into a shower, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Nice hot shower. Whereas kids are like, I don't want to shower. I showered last night. I showered last week. What is the story with kids not wanting to shower? Now, once they get in there, usually they're like, just stand in the water, wash their bodies, whatever. But they do fight you on it. Anyway. just These are the random thoughts. Stugatlyp show here on Fox Sports Radio. John Mendelkoff is a uh, former NFL scout, also coach of the college ranks as well. He has the Three and Out podcast, which is crazy successful, and he's joining me on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I want to get to the games in a second. Let's talk with about the Flores deal. When you, because it, it it's kind of wide ranging. It like to me, it, you know, it's the old stay on message. It's kind of off message, right? There's there's the Ross stuff. There's the Denver stuff. And then there's the racial stuff, which I don't think relates to the other accusations. What do you hear or what do you feel when you see and hear what Brian Flores is accusing the NFL and teams of?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I, I think the things that are really like the power headlines aren't really necessarily race related in terms of the anything with Miami. Right. They wanted him to tank, not race. Uh, and they wanted him to talk to Tom Brady. So his firing, he didn't. Accuse them of anything, Rachel. From I mean, unless I miss something, I, I guess the only thing that I've seen that was purely I guess the El, Elway being over in an well, interview. Well, he though said,
0: they, hold on, he say, he apparently it's the because he wouldn't do what they wanted him to do early on in their relationship. He believes they cast him as the angry black man. That was the that that that's that's the Miami. <clears throat> that, that's how he relates those accusations to why he was fired in Miami.
1: Yeah, I mean. I've been talking about this on my pod for weeks, obviously just knowing people in the league. I mean, it was it's, it's well-documented. You just can go to Google. People couldn't stand the guy there. And the general manager who, listen, I'm not some huge fan of. You look at his drafting, it's not great, is a black guy. And I think historically, and I saw you tweeting about Marty Schottenheimer and A.J. Smith, and I would say most of these situations happen with a power struggle between a GM and a coach. But I know from a coaching perspective that he was not well-liked in the, in the building now that is not you know that's not racial in football you right i mean or just sports some coaches just, people no, don't business. like some people do just just business yeah. just business it's just part part of business now
0: our listen our business is no different if if your boss doesn't like you and 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 you know like we're in a perception based business there's actually wins and losses but you got to win so much and even sometimes you win so much like marty schottenheimer you're gone like, we're all in the people business. And if you can't get along with people, especially you can't manage up, you're going to lose your job.
1: 100%. So I, I would imagine when he was interviewing around uh, in this cycle, like the number one thing anyone does when they vet you, right, is what happened. What just happened in your building? And I would imagine it's not that positive. That has nothing to do with him not taking the hundred grand per loss. But, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of elements on this. The Belichick thing, I was fired in the NFL. Right after the draft, usually coaches get fired after the season. Scouts and GMs, GMs can be fired also after the season, but definitely scouts and executives like assistant GMs get fired after the draft. I knew I was getting fired at the combine, in and at the time the combine's a little later now. I think this year it's like early March. Then it was like mid-February. I knew then, and I knew the guy that was replacing me a couple weeks later. This is early March. I mean, I saw a month, two months to go. And when I saw the freakout yesterday by the media, like, how would Belichick know? Especially the media. We know media people who are getting jobs and going and play. What are we talking about?
0: Hold, hold
1: like on. Let me give you the, the basketball parallel.
0: You ready? Okay. Most people believe Bobby Hurley is going to get fired. Okay. And some people believe Mike Anderson at St. Saint, Saint John's is going to get fired. And so is Frank Haith at Tulsa. Mike Anderson played at Tulsa. You want to know what everybody believes is already going to happen, is already done in college basketball? Anderson's
1: going to Tulsa. Hurley's going to St. John's.
0: And Byron Scott or, or Mike Brown, because the athletic director at Arizona State is a former agent okay, and hired Herm, he wants to do the same thing with basketball. Like, yeah. we have people commenting on sports that either are pretending that they don't know or literally have zero idea of how it actually works. That's how it actually works.
1: Well, and here's the thing with the Giants, and I, I said this on my podcast a couple weeks ago. What I had heard is that Mara, because he's obsessed with the Patriots, correct, wanted to talk to, you know, Brian Flores. Like, he right. was and the guy leading the charge. Well, correct. He just had hired a general manager who— Who's from the Buffalo. Uh, well, and think about this: if if you and me are running the Giants and we are going to hire Joe Shane, don't you think in our interview when we're going over roster building, drafts, philosophies, who would you want as your head coach? Well, he's like, you know, I've been working with Dayball for the last four years. I love this guy. This guy will be my pairing. We just saw it with the uh, with the Vegas Raiders. It was it was a pairing. All this stuff now because. The backstabbing happened. Now, just because you're pair doesn't mean you can end up backstabbing each other. But I would say pro sports has a long history. Baseball, basketball, and football, because the GM and the head coach are just so closely, you know, they get blamed for everything of those two guys not getting along and the GM sometimes uh has an easier line to the owner because during the games he's just sitting there. Right. And he often wins the power struggle. So it's the owners get blamed, ultimately is their decision. But wouldn't you say the majority, you know, you're a little older than me, but our 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, it's the GM backstabbing the coach? Yes. I mean, I'd say that's the consistent theme in a bulky hardball. I mean, you see it all over the place in, in, in all the sports. So it's this, you know, the, the, the giant stuff where, yeah, it, it was a sham interview in the sense of the GM never wanted to hire you. Right? But what's, what's the brand-new GM supposed to say to John Marley? Like, I won't take this interview. It's a weird spot. You could just say it was a waste of an interview. The other thing was he had said in that in his statement that it was you know just to get the Rooney rule. Well, they had already interviewed Leslie Frazier, who he had worked with in Buffalo, and he was scheduled for a second interview, and Patrick Graham, who is, you know, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, he's going to stay as Dayball's defensive coordinator. So the Rooney rule was already uh, – they'd already checked that list. It was right. because the owner wanted to talk to the guy. But it all gets back to, like, listen, football probably more than most sports. I, be, I think basketball used to be like this. Like, when you were a kid, like the, they were more wired like football coaches. Guys rub people the wrong way. When you win, they can't touch you. And it goes back to losing that season. And listen, they won three of their last four games after they blew the thing up. Like, I, I'm not pro-tanking in football, and obviously it's kind of impossible. But once you get to that point, it's kind of – it would have behooved them to keep losing. Whether he takes the money, commits a felony, or what, just keep losing the game Well, he didn't. And then they ended up taking Tua, and they didn't get Joe Burrow, who just took the freaking Bengals of the Super Bowl. They didn't get Herbert, who we watched Miami, who has probably played better than the Chargers the last couple of years. You put Herbert on that team, they're in the playoffs. So it was a disastrous franchise altering last month of the season. And then Stephen Ross just said, hey, man. Uh, can, you want to come talk to Tom Brady, who you already know? Like, we can be like, well, the rules. Yeah, rules are meant to be broken at the highest level of business. Like, tampering happens. So, you know, that's, that's somewhat – I put that on him. Now, the racial stuff, the sham stuff, like, clearly that happens. Like, no one argues that. But a lot of the, the, the things that he was specifically talking about, it's like, talking to a lot of people in the NFL, black and white, they're like, I, you know, seems kind of dumb to me. Uh, it's 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 crazy
0: because I think he might have gotten a job in this cycle, and now I don't know how anybody hires him.
1: I, no I, I one. So I, I didn't hear one person say the guy couldn't coach. Not one person say the guy couldn't coach. The number one knock on him was like everyone hated him. Yes, that that Dang. has nothing to do with black or white. People said the same thing about Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it's just <laughs> follow some people. Yeah,
0: uh, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to, what happened to Pat Mahomes in the second half.
1: Uh, it, really quick, also on one thing, uh, on okay. just the Belichick guys in general. They've yeah. all, I, I guess, Romeo this, people liked him, but they've all rubbed people the wrong way. All of them, all of them, all of them. And here's tell me, tell me
0: if you've heard the same town. thing. Tell me if you've heard the same thing. Part of the issue is one, they see Bill, and that's what they they they're like. They want to be like Bill, but they also they only see Bill now. That Bill wasn't always Bill wasn't this way when he first started in New England because he didn't have. He didn't have the equity he has now. He didn't run the whole show. He wasn't as demanding. And, and that thing is wired for Bill to be Bill, and all of them have fallen on their face. And even Josh McDaniels, when he got the Raiders job this week, I don't know if you heard him, but he's like, "What what's changed since the Denver? He's like, I, I learned it's a people business.
1: I learned it's about how you treat people, right? 100%. Where did he learn that? Well, the, 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 the only guy that wasn't running out of town immediately was Billy O because he was winning. But the moment, the moment it started going the other way, they couldn't get him out of there fast enough. Yeah. And it's just, like, you don't have to be Jim Caldwell or Tony Dungy nice, but if you're just somewhat nice to some people, you know, Anthony occasionally, Lynn. it helps. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn got
0: another extra year because he's the world's greatest guy. Okay? But, and he lasted, like, nine months as offensive coordinator in Detroit this year. Anthony Lynn, perfect example. Fantas- amazing human being. Just not a great football coach. That's all. Uh, all right, let's let, let me get to uh, let me get to the game. What happened to Pat Mahomes?
1: I mean, I don't know. I think it's the worst half I've ever seen him play in a meaningful game. I mean, he looked like uh, even my mom asked me. I was on the phone with her yesterday. She's like, "That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen." I'm like, "Yeah, I agree. I, it looked like he was in a daze because." You know, I, I, I think the coaching staff, and I'm an Andy Ree guy, but that's the, the final call to even have that option right at the end of the half. You've you, you got to put everyone in the end zone. So, worst case scenario, you get to still kick the field goal. That's on the coaching staff. Though, Patrick, you know, I, I mean, he's been playing the league long enough to know. I don't know if you can throw that, especially when you see the couple defenders there. Throw but it away! Even, even if I'm going to give him a pass on that, the second half is, I would say, the worst half of football he's played in a game that has mattered in his career. And it, I mean, it was really, really terrible. I mean, it it really was. I mean, just the, the pick he threw, you know, I mean, he threw right to the lineman. Just throw the guy. He, he's too good of a player. And the weird thing, Doug, is he had been unreal. I mean, the last like five or six weeks of the season. How about the two playoff games? I mean, he was. They had scored forty two points back to back weeks. Like the, as much as we hyped up the Josh Allen performance, and it was unreal. Mahomes was every bit as equal in that game, right? He was sweet. So it just, I don't know. I mean, maybe you just chalk it up to it. Ha- it happens. Uh, it was probably a pretty rattling moment. I mean, I know it was because I know some of those guys. I just think you just, you know, I think when you have, you know, Michael Jordan or Steph Curry or, you know, whoever on your side, you just, you're never really worried. And then occasionally it doesn't come through and you're just kind of shell shocked.
0: Yeah, it's stunning. Why couldn't the Niners run the football?
1: Uh, well, one, they didn't have the ball very often. Uh, they weren't very good on third down. And you know I, I just think the rams one thing watching the eight, week 18 game back is the rams destroyed him in the first half and usually kyle just stays with it because he'll just keep running the tosses and the pitch plays uh kind of till the cows come home and eventually break you down but then in this game what, you know they had the lead uh he got a little pass happy in a couple spots and then his run plays at the in the fourth quarter when they had the second and short and third and short, and then they ended up punting, you know, for Kyle, who is probably, you know, like the Andy Reid of run plays, like his run plays are just remarkable to watch, kind of went vanilla there, just up the gut, up the gut, and they got stuffed. I mean, give Eric Weddle credit on this. I would have thrown at him a lot, but he can go right off his couch and make tackles inside the tackle box. I mean, and he, he was untouched, and he made a big tackle. And to me, to not give the ball to Debo in that spot, I know it's e- always easy to look back, but he had McVeigh against the ropes a little bit. McVeigh had blown all of his timeouts. Yep. Uh, if you yeah. just get a couple first downs, how do you not you know, go the for fourth it on quarter, fourth down? How does he not go for it on fourth down? Yes, yeah, I mean it's a devastating move. And he, even I know he said he doesn't regret it, but you watching Fred Warner after the game, you know, Fred was like, "We we couldn't get a stop." And I think sometimes when you're the head coach slash offensive coordinator. Because the score, you know, right, it's 17-14. to So you're like, our defense is playing great. But really, like, maybe it's easier to kind of take it all in from your couch or sitting in the stands. Their defense was not playing that well. The Rams had a couple big drops. Guys were getting open with ease. So the score reflected big-time defensive performance in the NFC Championship game, two touchdowns, fourth quarter. My eyes were like, uh, this defense is, you know, holding on for dear life and the Rams could just get anything they wanted. So now they still held him to a field goal, right, so it's 20-20. to 20, But the Niners' offense ultimately, I mean, at the end of the day, when they've really had to rely on Jimmy, it's just very hit or miss. And Jimmy came through Week 18. In this game, he just didn't. Jimmy wants
0: to be on a winning team, but he has a no-trade clause. What winning team wants to trade for him?
1: Well, I just think there are going to be some desperate teams, right? I mean, we know the Steelers are not about w- losing. So, like, you know, the Stephen Ross or the uh, Flying J, Hunter Grand's the tank a game, like the uh, Rooney's and Tomlin ain't into that life. So I-, I could see him make some sense there. The football team is definitely going to try to just get a credible quarterback. I do think he has some value on the market now, like, I mean, a fourth-round pick or something, but I, I-, I do think he will be traded to someone you know, that we could talk ourselves into. That could, I mean, if he goes to Steelers, you could say he could compete for the playoffs. But the problem with Jimmy, Duck is he gets hurt. He missed two and a half games this year, and this year was a healthy year for him. And even the games he was playing at the end of the season, he had a strained shoulder, he had a messed up thumb. Jimmy is not a very durable player on top of – so he's got these flaws as a player. He turn, He throws a lot of picks, and then he just – it's one thing if he just threw a lot of picks, but he's, you, know, you can kind of go to war with him every week. Like you can go to war with Jimmy, but he also just, the next week, might not be able to walk. <laughs> so I, I think that, to me, the concern for him, and I've been in these meetings, is like you're going over our potential top five trade options if I'm the football team or the Steelers. Well, if I'm in the meeting room with the Colbert and Tomlin and the scouts, like they're putting up on the big board, like, what's his injury history? And it's, it's long it's long and on top of like well what are his, uh what's his biggest flaw well his plays were obviously he just throws a lot of interceptions he throws a ton of balls that should be picked that somehow for a guy that doesn't throw like 100 miles an hour the picks get dropped it's pretty bizarre okay
0: speaking of that um are are we good we're, we're crowning Matt Stafford when he had an arm punt on that last drive i mean i mean t- t- that's, that's why he plays defense but i mean an absolute arm punt <laughs> So are we now crowning him now he's a big-game player, even though he had a ball that should be
1: intercepted nine times in ten? Yeah, I mean, I. the sad thing is, I guess sad's the wrong word. He's in the Super Bowl. He was awesome. I, I thought, obviously, the first two games, sweet. The majority of that game, he was really good, right? Oh, first I half. Mean, had I mean, a, they had, how many drops did they have
0: in the end zone, that big drop in the first
1: half? Yeah, b- multiple drops and Every pass he had was on the money, hitting guys in stride. Even the touchdown drops, right? I mean, just perfect passes. That play in that situation is a tough one, right? I mean, that's to me, that will get him. Like, who knows? I mean, who knows? The Bengals, are they good enough to catch that ball? You never know with the DB. Like you said, there's a reason they play defense. I wonder if Tartan, he, you know, he was devastated after the game. He had some green grass. I guess it's turf, right? I mean, who who knows? Like, he catches that just Willie May style. He might then gain another 15, 20 yards, and we're looking at Matt Stafford like the you know the goat in a negative way. So I'm with you, but isn't that the way sports kind of work? You know, you're a drop pass here or a cop pass there from being on one side of the ledger, especially in the way the playoffs in football because it's just one game. It's not like seven game series you can bounce back. But in football, he did get pretty lucky, but there, there's no guarantee that the Niners the Niners offense just was not very good in that game. Yeah,
0: yeah. John, great stuff. What an awesome uh, time to talk football. We'll do it uh, hopefully next week in person at the Super Bowl. Download the 3 and Out podcast. It's awesome. John Middlecoff, thanks so much.
1: Talk soon. Sip. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to a game.
2: Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Daniel buyer, what do you got? Doug, the game today is... Real news,
0: fake news. <laughs> All
2: right, real news or fake news that Brian Flores is still in the running to be the head coach of the New Orleans Saints or the Houston Texans.
0: That's real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular.
2: Yeah, Flores saying that he told those teams prior to interviewing that he was planning on suing the NFL and those teams that he mentioned in his lawsuit, the Broncos, Giants, and Dolphins. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. so what are they going to say? Like, now we're out. I just... I got to tell you, it's it's, it's hard. The, the place where he could, it would make sense, would be Houston. Um, because there's, again, there's Patriots guys there. And so you have people who respect him, who've, who've worked with him before, and there's a relationship there with with Belichick. I, I, but I I got to tell you, it feels far-fetched. It just does to think that would happen when you're suing the league. That one, that one seems like a stretch. And... Though he said, um, uh, th- though he said uh, that he's still interested in the job, and and he told those teams, he also said that he's not gonna just if if he gets the job, he's not gonna stop the lawsuit.
2: Correct. And Al Davis continued to own the Raiders while he sued the NFL, right? So, I mean, True. maybe they're different scenarios, but. Real news or fake news, Doug. The Bengals will wear their black jerseys and white pants for Super Bowl 56. That is real news.
0: They're real and they're spectacular. Two for two.
2: Yeah, the Bengals tweeting out a picture of their uniforms. Maybe, you know, there could have been the option. They've gone the all white since they won the last two. They are the home team, so they pick. And they have chosen to wear their home black jerseys. Uh,
0: What should the Rams wear? They got to wear white jerseys. They can wear the bone they can wear the yeah. white. They can wear the bone with the yellow pants.
2: Bone with the blue pants, or bone with the bone. There's, there's, there's a, a dilemma because I don't know if league rules allow them to wear their white. So bone may be the only one that they can actually wear. I think if they wear the bone jerseys, they have to wear the yellow pants. I don't think you can go bone on bone.
0: What about Bone with Blue? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that, that could be. Yeah, actually, actually, that wouldn't be bad either, actually, now that you Ramos, say it. Ramos, you
0: but. want Bone on Bone? Oh, bone no. Bone bone, That's too bone, much. Bone on
2: <laughs> Bone, Bone, Bone. I've the bone. What you gonna wear when there ain't no game to play? <laughs> what you gonna
0: <laughs> do? I'm at the crossroads. <laughs> your, oh. We're at the crossroads. He has no idea what we're talking about. You realize that, right?
2: <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait until the podcast hears our, uh, our, our song. Yeah, uh, Uncle Charles as well. Real news or fake news, Doug. Jason Stewart got Wordle on his second try today. Uh that sounds like real news.
0: They're real oh. and they're
2: spectacular. <laughs> that's quite the accomplishment.
0: Yeah, mine was three. I had three tries today.
2: Yeah, that's pretty weak. Three. <laughs>
0: Two I've slash six. I've th- three, never Three is the best I've done three is the best I've done. I'm usually a four four and five guy.
2: Not yeah, to to I, I actually think you know th- three, four, five. It shows you you're putting in good work. That's game, huh? Game time. This
1: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'll tell you something about the Brian Flores situation that no one wants to say. We'll say it next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.